from the Parent Nation studios. It's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. I am uh, just coming back from vacation, Parent Nation vacation. <laughs> and uh, I was telling Kelly, it was, it was, no, uh, it was no relaxing, you know. I, you, Kelly, we got to one point where my husband looked at me and he's like, okay, we just have to accept the fact that you and I have very different views of what a vacation is supposed to look like. Ah, that's, that's usually uh, normal. Do you think, because he, like, posted this whole big thing on Facebook, because we're, like, the Facebook family. Right. He posted this whole big thing about how um, I was trying to convince him to just sit down and relax and have a drink and read a book by the pool and let the kids play. And he's like, no, no, we got to be up. We got to be up and out. And what are we going to do? And what adventure are we going to go on? And what park are we going to go to and stand in line for three and a half hours to ride on a damn train? You know, uh, uh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm totally not in. I, uh, so we did a swamp boat tour. We rode on one of those big airboats. Fun. Right. That oh. was fun. You know, yeah. my kid got to drive. That was pretty awesome. Um, we tried to find things that, um, how can I put this, that didn't bother me too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's the, it's the scale. Bother me a lot. Bother me just a little bit and bother the shit out of me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just thinking about standing in those lines bothered the shit out of me and I was like no I'm not gonna do it I I'm not in so we saw family we saw friends which is how it should be I think yes. and now and now we're ready to take a vacation from our vacation so <laughs> that's how that went so have you been watching the news lately do you watch the news or read the news I guess we can't even say watch the news anymore do you read the news online you know not so much not so much because it's, I, I just, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for all the bullshit. I like it. I, I took a break from watching the news. Our family, here's a little tip, Parent Nation. Our family used to wake up to the television turning on. That's what we used for an alarm. Uh-huh. And it was set to the morning news. Well, that set you up for a really shitty day. Right. It really did. I mean, every single morning, the first thing you hear was three people killed, two people in a car accident. You know, a guy was robbed. This building burnt down, a store that's been up for. And it was the most depressing start to the day ever. So I stopped watching, waking up to the morning news, and I would choose the programming that I wanted to watch through the day if I watched TV at all which right. I rarely do. I mean, we have movie night, but 
I'm not so much into television during the day because I it just it I have ADD and it just throws me off completely. Mm-hmm. So, but I do now that I'm on social media and I'm on the internet a lot. I get the news pretty regularly, and there is some funny stuff going on, and then there's some just downright stupid stuff going on that I can't even like I'm from Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and so we we're gonna we're gonna win a stupid award we're gonna win a stupidity and parenting award this year I guarantee it if there was such a thing we are so in the running way to go PA all right so now we have the the parents who their eight-year-old son was um dead for days for four days and mm. they and and no one knew it so no one knew d- it. No one knew that she figured it out because of the smell. Ew. Here's the deal. These people have like a bazillion kids. A lot of them have special needs. I get that that's overwhelming, but a, you're not the only family on the planet that has kids with special needs. That's not an excuse. And B, she said that her husband was abusive. So she was afraid of him. Guess what? That's not an excuse either. Right. So, you know, I, I don't even know where – this is why I say there ought to be a test before you can have kids. I know people are like, parent your own way, do it your own way, stay out of people's business. This is the kind of thing that makes us not stay out of your business, folks. Seriously, this is the kind of thing that makes people come into your living room and pay attention to your parenting. So if, if you don't want people to bother you and let you parent in your own way, then stop screwing up so drastically. Right. There, there's I, a test for almost everything else. Well, I had to take drinking, a test to work but, at McDonald's. Right, right. To make fries, seriously. So, you know, you, don't, you, can, you can't trust me with your fries, but you can trust me with a human being. It's, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. And speaking of testing, so did you see the video of this 18-year-old who's walking around in Aurora, Colorado, open carry with his gun, with his, with his rifle slung over his back because he wants to desensitize people to open carry? He thinks that this is the right thing to do. So when people call 911 because, um, yeah, there was like a mass killing, peeps in Aurora, that's probably not where you want to open carry your rifle, you psycho. Right. Right? So when the police approach this young man, he refuses to give his ID or his name. But yet he's parading under the premise of his lawful right to open carry. Hmm. Dude! What a a douche. (laughs) And then people want to know why... The people who are against open carry are so fanatical about it. You know, just let good guys be good guys and let us carry our guns. I have guns in my home. I'm a proud gun owner. My kids want to hunt, okay? I come from a long line of hunters, and I want to be able to protect the homestead. I'm I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say, you know, I don't think anybody should have a gun ever, But Mm -hmm. you don't take it out in public because here's the thing. If the only people in public that are allowed to open carry are police, military, and security, then when you see somebody with a gun, you know they're a bad guy. (laughs) 
I'm just thinking that's kind of a litmus test, don't you? Right. Uh, that's, you know, I would love to hear your opinions on that one, Parent Nation. We get a lot of them on, on the page. Trust me, we get a ton of them. But um, if you have a legitimate um, point to make, I am way open. I, I, I'm one of those people. I'm not going to insult you. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to put you. I'm not going to pigeonhole you in a certain political or religious group for your opinion. I will simply allow you to speak. And then I will counter if necessary. And we can have a great conversation about it. So, okay, on to what makes more sense politically. Okay, there's this town. (laughs) 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 This is town in Dorset, Minnesota. I think we should all do what they're doing. Here's what they do. Every year, they pull a name of a resident out of a hat. This isn't the Hunger Games, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. And that's their mayor. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, think, I think you might actually have to be nominated, but they basically pull the name out of a hat, and that's their mayor. And um, you get to stay mayor. I think you get to stay mayor for like a certain period of time, and I believe they have term limits. But their current mayor was elected when he was three. <laughs> really? <laughs> now- Yes, now he's four, little oh. Robert Tufts, <laughs> and he's freaking awesome. He's awesome. He he declared like ice cream days, national holidays. You know, he has a theme song. He walks around with his little cane, his his big stick. He's a little guy, carries a big stick, uh, and they're like, "How long have you all. had that stick?" And he's like, "Not long, but I'll have it forever now." Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> Kind of like his mayoral title. But here's the deal. There are 22 residents of this town. 22. Right? And he has nominated his older brother. His older brother is 16. He's nominated his older brother because he's he's giving up his his mayoral seat. Um, But he thinks that his 16-year-old brother should be mayor because he ate four fried ice creams in a row. (laughs) That's quite a feat. (laughs) I think I think that that's pretty much more um he he's more uh qualified to be a politician right. than many of the people that are in politics right now. Right, cuz I don't think the mayor of my town would be able to do that. Right, mine would. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many people do you have there in Shoemakerville? Shoemakersville? Not sure. I think we Shoemakersville. have Shoemakersville. I think we have. It's not a. It's not a huge town. It's I didn't town. think so. Yeah, we have. We have um, two bars and a traffic light, and oh. like four churches, and that's the way it should be. So you know, two churches to every bar. Is that the 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 par? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I okay. think that makes that makes good sense because you can always park in the church lot to go to the bar. <laughs> Because they're only open on Sundays when the bars are closed anyway. So it's perfect. It's perfect. So, oh my gosh, there's so many crazy things. So here's here's a fun one. Oh, 11-11, make a wish. Oh, make a wish, everyone. Uh, So I wish people weren't so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Great wish for 11-11. So Malia Obama goes to Lollapalooza in Chicago. Uh Uh-huh. Makes the day of every single young person that she meets. 
including the girl who she accidentally kicked while she was dancing. <laughs> right? So this girl, th- this Bridget Trusky, she tweets that she was kicked by Malia Obama, and it's so cool. And now everybody, of course, is making this an uproar that, you know, Malia assaulted her. And where was the Secret Service and why didn't we do anything to stop it? You know why? Because the girl was dancing. You know, she was bad dancing. And she was bad dancing next to another person who was equally as bad dancing. Mm -hmm. And they kicked each other. And it was awesome. You know, why can't we just let it be cool? We focus too much on the bad. I know. Why is that? I don't know. I think it makes us feel better about our own bad. True. Don't you? True, but if we all focused more on the positive, we wouldn't have so much of our own bad. I think so, too. I like this thing that's going around now on Facebook that you have to name, like, four positive things a day. Or right. Three, three positive things a day, and then you have to nominate people. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that that's awesome. Fun. It's really in alignment with my whole Stop Raising Einstein concept of the daily journaling with your kids. Right, right. That made such a difference in our family. And if there's one thing that I would tell parents to do, it's to find three positives for every negative that you bring up with your kids. That you bring up? Yeah, because I think today we are so focused on pointing out what our kids could be doing better and -hmm. what they're doing wrong. And it's time to stop doing that because what we're doing is we're raising kids who we, we're, we're polar opposites in parenting today. Either we don't say anything negative or corrective at all because we don't want to destroy their little psyches. Right. Or we point out every single thing that they're doing wrong because we have, they have to be the best at everything to make us look good as parents. Ugh. Right? So I think a good balance so that we're not raising entitled kids and we're not raising severely depressed kids I think a good balance is to find three positive things. Celebrate three things that went right for every one thing that you find that needs correction. That's good. I, That's I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to put that out there. That's going to be my challenge. Because, you like know, it. I don't like to steal anybody's thunder, but I think that there's lots of good ways to look at good things. So this is just another one. Right. You know. Like I'm right. looking out, I'm looking out my window right now, and and I was complaining about the birds shitting in my flower pot, <laughs> but now I have sunflowers. There you go. <laughs> tweet tweet, tweet tweet. So yeah, I swear. So there's been this like helicopter flying over my property. I read that. I read that. I was hoping you would elaborate a little bit more. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me because you know when you live in a in in the in the woods. In the mm-hmm. woods, the backwoods. In the backwoods, and you hear low-flying helicopters for any length of time. The first thought is, "There's an escaped convict hiding in my woods." In the woods, right? Exactly, and they're looking for them. Either that, or somebody suggested that they were trying to find medical marijuana fields. I would have mm. found it by now, people. I'm just telling. <laughs> <laughs> they're fine. I'm tending to them. They're great. Right. Just don't worry about it. Shh. Don't worry about it. No. So, so I call my husband. My husband, I said, do you know anything about helicopters, low-flying helicopters over our property? And he texted back because he's an engineer and, and an a-hole. Okay. He right. texted back like a four-paragraph thing 
about the the how helicopters were created and discovered and what their purpose is. So he was no help. So um, yeah. So anyway, what it wound up being the neighbors behind us are um, spraying their fields. So. Is it their helicopter, or did they hire someone? I don't know, but if it's their helicopter, I demand a ride. Right. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) That's some fun stuff. Uh, But did you say that it had police markings on it? It did. Well, it was a a helicopter that resembled... Our our local police helicopters have, like, these red bands on them and blue. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very... They're very patriotic. And uh, it, it very much resembled a police helicopter. But when they're flying through the woods, you can't really see that well. Like somebody pointed out, oh, it had this big sprayer on the back of it. I was hunkered down in my closet. I didn't see the sprayer. Right. <laughs> I was loading my gun. Oh. <laughs> but there was a kid fishing out by my pond, so I was using him as bait. I wasn't, I was letting him go. <laughs> <laughs> the one that just walked across and just started fishing? Yeah, he's, he came back. So this is like the second day in a row. So I'm eventually, I would love to know, Parent Nation, what do you do about stuff like that? I don't want to be like the old lady in my front yard, like throwing cans and get out of my yard. But yeah, here's the thing. Right? And, but yet, I like my privacy. Right. Because, you know, my business but is very out there. Maybe you could give him some, some certain time frames that he's gladly allowed to come on your property. Like when it's dark and when I'm not home. And, yeah, not mm. before 10 a.m. Right. Because I like to exercise, and that's not something anybody needs to see. <laughs> and, you know, like that kind of stuff. So, right. oh, well. So, anyway, we have an awesome show today. I know. It's Dad Day. It's Dad Day. So, we're going to be talking to uh, Clark Burbage, who um, it, he wrote the, the Heart of a Giant. Right. And giants in our lives, about giants in our lives. And he's not talking about huge hulking giants. He's talking about um, people who are, have huge hearts, like good people that our children should be looking up to. People we should be right. looking up to and not celebrities and stuff like that. So we're going to be talking to Clark. And then we're also going to be talking to Ricky Shetty, who is a, who is a friend of a friend of ours, Adam Dolgan, who's father, fodder for fathers. Um, right. Ricky, Ricky has daddyblogger.com right. and we're going to be talking to him in the third segment of the show today. So when we come back from this break, we're going to have a great time with dad day. Dad day. <laughs> it takes a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess to success journey has taken her from life as an upper-middle-class stay-at-home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as 
she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy, happy family. Every week on The Quip, Miriam Nicole shares her love, life, legal, and lifestyle success secrets. Whether it's wisdom you're seeking, inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success, or you want to know how to fully align your faith, family, and finances to create more freedom for yourself, you're in excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right, or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com. And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now... Back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am really thrilled to have our first guest on for Dad Day. As you know, maybe you don't know if this is the first time listening to the show, the first Tuesday of every month we celebrate dads and parenting because, A, it's something that we don't do enough. Nobody does it enough. Um, And, B, because there are so many amazing dad authors, mentors, speakers, bloggers out there that aren't being heard. Dads get a terrible rap in parenting. All you ever hear about is the bad stuff. So we like to celebrate at least once a month, celebrate the good in dads. So my first guest is an author named Clark Burbage, and he wrote a series of books called Giants in the Land. And the thing I love about it is because it encourages kids to not only find the giants that they should be looking up to in their own lives, but to find the giant in themselves, which we know is like a passion of mine. So, Clark, hi, are you there? I am. It's great to be with you. <laughs> hi, Clark. Hi, how you doing? I've been, been <laughs> listening to your show and enjoying it. I, I told my, uh, I'm going to have to go home and tell my daughter that we're going to flip this and I'll have her say three nice things for every critical thing that she says to me. Oh that my gosh! Oh, you know, I think that's maybe a we can flip idea. it and do it do it to each other. You know, exactly. I love it. And you know, here's here's where it gets really powerful when you write it down. When you yes. write down those things that you love, admire, respect about your kid, and leave you know leave them love notes. That has had the most profound effect on a lot of the kids that I work with of anything that I've recommended. 
and it's, I just love it. I love getting love notes. So, sure. you know, why wouldn't my kids? So yeah, have her do that. Have her write you love notes, Clark. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the things I love doing uh, with my kids. I have 10, as, as you may have noticed, we have a blended <laughs> family. And, uh, and I think that those little personal uh, connections where you get into their life and you recognize something is, is really valuable. Uh, you know, kids today are taught by the world that they're invisible, they can't make a difference, that, you know, why try? And I, I think we can anything we can do to counter that, to help them appreciate their value, that they have an important things to say, that they can make a difference in, in our lives and everybody's lives, uh, really is important for them to hear. Absolutely. And over here. I, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like talk about your kids in a positive way to other people within earshot. I love I that. I love, I love uh, um, taking the opportunity to, to say something nice about her, and then she'll, she'll blush just, just enough for me to notice, and, and I'll tell her, hey, that's my job. I'm sorry. You know, it might embarrass you just a little bit, but, you know, you're so awesome. I just can't, just can't keep it to myself. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. So this is this is right up the alley of what you talk about in your book, right? Finding well, yeah, the giants yeah. in your life and in, and within yourself. So how can you I know that it's easy to be the giant for our kids because mm-hmm. we kind of put ourselves in that place. But today there's so many people out there that are put in that position of being our kids' giants that really shouldn't be. How do we counter that? Like, what do we do about that? How do you help your kids find the right giant? Well, and, and one of the challenges is that, that there are lots of people out there who have celebrity because they're in the public eye and they're influencing people whether they like to or not. And then they turn around in a very ironic uh, the position, and then they say, well, I'm not a role model. Well, you can't keep yourself from being a role model. It's only a question of whether you're going to be a positive one or a negative one or a confusing one. And, and what, so what, what I talk about um, when I meet with groups of young people, and I just love doing that, is to identify certain traits that, that, that people have around them that can be can be influential that are worth taking time to learn about. And, and I call that identifying the giants in their lives and learning how to live with the heart of a giant. And, and they're, you know, they're easy things that, that anybody can do. These people who have the heart of a giant are people who care more about helping others rather than it's not always about them. You know, they're positive, they're helpful, they'll take time, they'll listen. Uh, they encourage your faith and hope and your self-esteem and and identify and recognize the good things about people and that are positive. And, and then, so what they do is, 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 is the, I, I try to help the kids to identify these traits in people and then take time to get to know those individuals better, ask them questions, learn from them, because these individuals will take time with them, and then they'll be able to be led places that are worth going when you get there. You know, there's nothing worse in life than spending... 10 years of your life pursuing some goal and then finding out when you get there that, oh, you know what, this isn't very cool. Why did I spend all my time and energy doing this? 
So if you're going to go somewhere in your life and become something more than you otherwise would have been, it might as well be something that when you get there, it's, it's, a, it's a good place worth being. So here's the, here's the question that I have for you, Clark. Obviously, there are people that our kids are going to look up to all the time because they're always in the public eye. They're where our kids dream of being, right? So the, the media does a really crappy job of highlighting the good in people in celebrities, in athletes, in all of those spaces, you don't hear enough or really that much at all about the good things that these people do. It's always when they get in trouble or when when they create controversy or when they do something bad or wrong, that's when we hear the most about them because that's the juiciest stuff, right? Yeah. So how how do we flip that switch? How do we start to seek out the good things, and and give our show our kids the lessons in how those bad things aren't what we should strive to do or be. Well, I think it starts in personal relationships. First of all, in your interaction with them, you have uh, it, it's anytime you're eye to eye and and in the same room or or interacting with them directly, you're going to have a lot more influence than someone they read about or listen to or watch on TV, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to recognize that we have a great opportunity, and we just need to take it and be engaged. Uh, One of the big challenges that we have as parents nowadays is we over-program our lives, we over-program our children's lives, and we miss those opportunities that, um, that we can take to, to really become better acquainted and, and develop understandings of each other and let the kids see that I have these traits and, and, and decide for themselves and take time to wanting to develop them too. One thing my wife and I do is we make sure that every single night at about the same time so we can schedule it, we have dinner together. And if they want to bring a friend over and they're... Their friend is over hanging out at the house. They have dinner with us. We, we always, anybody's welcome, but our kids are there, and we talk, and we interact, and we have what we call the no-phone zone. We have a basket. You can put your phone there, and no phone calls or texting during dinner, and, and, and we have to engage in real reality, not virtual reality, and it's fun. It, it's, kids are used to it now, and we, we have a great time. I love that, and I think it's completely applicable because I, I can imagine that a lot of people are listening right now saying, well, I, I, I can't eat dinner with my family every night because my husband and I both work or we work swing shifts or whatever the case may be. But the fact is there is an opportunity at some point during your day, every single day, for you to take 15, 20 minutes, an hour and put away the electronics, put away the devices, and just focus on having open, face-to-face communication with your kids. Right, I, and, and that can get that can get a lot tougher when they're in their in their twenties. You know, their their late teens and their twenties, because they they really have their own life at that point. But but uh, there are opportunities you can look to have one-on-one or or you know both parents with one of the child. I had breakfast with one of my sons yesterday. 
mm-hmm. because that's when he was available. And he's running around doing all sorts of things. And we you know, we took the time, and it was just a wonderful opportunity to sit down and, and see what's worrying him, what's stressing him, answer any questions he had. And and uh, I, I just love that. And it's so, you know, the I've said this before, but the studies today that they're doing today, the average time that we spend in face-to-face conversation with our kids is less than seven minutes a day. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that, but I believe it. It sure is, uh, sure is hard some days. <laughs> so, you know, even if you, like you said, you had breakfast with your son, we have a thing where we don't always eat the most nutritional food on the planet for breakfast, mm-hmm. but we always make sure that there's at least 10 to 15 minutes in the morning where we can just talk to our kids. And if that means that we have to get everything packed up the night before, you know, make sure all the papers are signed the night before, make sure bags are packed and by the door, make sure the clothes are out, whatever. If we have to do all that stuff the night before to make sure that we have that time with our kids in the morning, it's totally worth it if they're shoving a Pop-Tart down their throat while you're talking to them about what's going on today, you know, with well, school I, or a struggle. I, I, love, I love where you're taking this because it, it, everybody's different. Everybody's family situation is unique, and, and it has... It has challenges that push them and pull them, but there is always time, and it's it's not maybe maybe it won't be a dinner, maybe it won't be a breakfast, it, but there will be some time. And if you look for opportunities and and take advantage the, of them and 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 really are engaged in the lives of your children, then those opportunities are always there. And and sometimes, sure, you you you. You make a sacrifice, or, and it's not really a sacrifice. It's an, it's an opportunity, as I say. But, but I'll, some days if something's going on with, with one of my kids, I'll, I'll tell the guys at work, I'll, I'll go in early. I'll, I'll say, you know what, I've gotta, I'm going to leave early. I've got an important date this afternoon. And you know, <laughs> it'll be with one of the kids. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing you do. And your kids know that you're doing that. Heck, yeah, and they do. So you, yeah. Yeah, it means something to them. Before you even get together, they know that they mean something because you're making a special effort. And if you're one of those people that has a job where you make appointments for everything, like my husband has everything scheduled. If you looked at his smartphone right now, his calendar, he has everything scheduled. If you could show your kids your schedule and they were on it, can you imagine the impact that that would have on their self-esteem and their value in, in your eyes? And, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Tara, because that is important. They need to be on your schedule. Mm-hmm. But also, life happens, too. And once in a while, you'll get a call from one of your kids, and, and uh, it'll, it'll start. I, I don't know how old your kids are, but mine go up to 35. And so uh, Leah, my wife, and I kid around sometimes and that you really start parenting when your kids turn 18. Because then you're doing it by consent, not just because you're the parent, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, you've earned the right to be in their lives. And, and it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful parenting experience to be involved. But you, when, you're, when your kids are older and you, you deal with those kind of situations, you'll get that call in the middle of the night when you'd rather be doing something else, like sleeping, you know? <laughs> and, and they'll start, they start the sentence, they start the conversation by saying something like, I just can't do this anymore. 
Uh, and then you know you're going to experience real life with your with your son or your daughter there for the next 15 or 20 minutes or a half hour, however it will. And maybe it'll end. Maybe it'll mean you're in the car at two in the morning driving over there to to sit with them for a minute and just listen um, if they're close or or if they're in another state and we have some in that situation. Then you just hang on the phone and let them talk it out and uh, offer you know whatever whatever you can. But those are the times that when, when life just happens, when you get that unexpected call or when your daughter comes home from school and, and, and something, some drama has occurred at school and she needs to talk, those are the times that you have to be available to. You can't schedule those things. Right. And I love the whole point about just listening because that's something that we simply don't do enough of anymore. We are so, we're in a society of being constantly rushed and being constantly scheduled and we forget that sometimes the best thing that we can do for our kids is to just hear them. And mm-hmm. I, I love that you have this entire book series dedicated to teaching our children that it's not... Um, it's not the celebrity. It's not the you know the all-star athlete. Um, that's your giant. It's the person who is going to do for you and to do for others and to support you and respect you and just be there for you. Clark, I well, thank you so much for being our guest today. This was an awesome opportunity and so much great information. And take a look at Clark's book. It's called Giants in the Land. It's a trilogy series. You can find it on Facebook. Um, I'm assuming, Clark, that we can also find it on Amazon, I hope. Um, oh, yeah. And, so it's, but, uh, it's out there in all the online bookstores. And, and since there are only two Clark Burbages in the whole world, I'm pretty easy to find. So I tell my wife, my wife that... I better be a good boy because if not, people are going to find out too easy. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Clark. <laughs> Thank you. Needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world from your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? 
visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Dad Day. It's the most wonderful day of the month. (laughs) Dad Day. Dad Day. So my next guest is a daddy blogger. Well, he's the founder of daddyblogger.com. So he is like the original daddy blogger, I guess. Or he just got the domain, which is kind of awesome too. (laughs) So um, his name is Ricky Shetty. And um, Ricky, are you there? I'm just going to get right into this. Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) So, here's the thing. You're friends with Adam Dolgan. Yes, I'm uh, friends with Adam Dolgan, yes. So, you've got to be an awesome guy. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Us dad bloggers, <laughs> uh, we're together. That's pretty awesome. So, all right, you're you're the founder of Daddy Blogger, and your blogs are awesome. And I love your Facebook page and all of the stuff that you put up there. Your kids are amazing. You have two. Rianne and Ryan, right? Yeah, that's right. I have two little kids. One is two years old. Her name is Rianne. And then we have an eight-month-old. His name is Ryan. So, yeah, two little, cute, adorable kids. They're amazing. They make us look really good when they're cute, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Just wait until you get to start blogging about the teen years. Then it gets awesome. <laughs> yeah, I still got a ways to go. I got to enjoy the, you know, the infant stage, the newborn, the toddler, and then the elementary well, then we'll uh, worry about the teenage years in about 10 years or so. <laughs> so I love what you do because you, in addition to having your website and your daddyblogger.com site, you also wrote a book called Wisdom from Daddies where, like, you interviewed 100 dads. Yeah, that's right, uh, Tara. So I actually interviewed 100 dads from around the world with fatherhood everything from uh, – um, you know, like uh, bullying, leadership, how to uh, be a work-from-home dad, um, education, discipline, basically all the issues that us dads would have to deal with at some point. I, I interviewed all these dads. And actually, you mentioned Adam Dogan. He was one of the 100 dads I interviewed, so he's in my book. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. tell us that. He just told, you know, he just gave us, like, awesome dads that we had to talk to. And when I looked you up, I was like, well, he's right, you know. 
this guy's an awesome dad. So <laughs> what did you, these were literally dads from all over the world? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. So uh, I would say about 60 of the 100 were Vancouver-based. The other uh, 40 were in North America, Europe, Asia, South America, Africa. So I tried to hit every continent. Uh, I still haven't found any Antarctica dads, so I'm still looking for Antarctica dads. And if, if any of your listeners are from Antarctica and the dads, I'd love to interview them. Uh, but I hit all the other continents, and yeah, I try to be quite diverse in the type of dads. So everything from single dads to divorced dads to married dads to new dads, dads of teenagers to granddads to stay-at-home dads. Uh, you know, so it's quite diverse in the type of fathers I interviewed in in the book. So what did you find out? Was there like one theme that kind of went throughout all of them that you would be like, you know, this is, this is, the, um, this is the mindset of the dad? Yeah, that's a great question, Tara. I mean, there's a lot of diversity in the dads because obviously there's cultural differences, uh, um, linguistic differences, uh, age differences, socioeconomic differences, etc. So even though there are all these differences in terms of the types of dads, there were still some common themes. So uh, one of the common themes is the importance of quality time. So a lot of dads, they'd be traditionally, you know, the providers, the protectors, uh, usually busy working or building up their business, and they're not the ones who usually spend the, the, uh, the bulk of the time with the kids. It's usually the moms or the nurturers, the caregivers. So a lot of the dads would say uh, that kids really need that quality time. And one of the dads actually had a really good quote. They said, uh, to kids, love is spelled T-I-M-E. So it's not that's not the you know the task you do. Um, it's really about the time you spend with them. So and it, it's not that kids just need the financial provision, but they need the time provision. You know that's amazing to me because there's this whole big thing right now about um, moms. You know, among the mom community, about moms having it all, right? And one of the things that I love to bring up is they they say do dads suffer from the same affliction. The, the having it all affliction. And my, my belief is that dads are better at segmenting themselves. So they do have it all. They just don't try to cram it all into the same time space. Yeah, you know? I mean, I probably heard of the brain analogy, like brain, uh, women's brains are more like spaghetti and that uh, dad's brains are more like waffles. So uh, with dads, we are more general. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like that. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, waffles and spaghetti. So instead of uh, Mars and Venus, because Mars and Venus are just planets, and <laughs> that was a really good book as well. But I think there's another book actually about it where it says uh, men's brains are like uh, waffles and women's brains are like spaghetti. And basically, I think that's what it means. It's basically, uh, you know, men are compartmentalized, like you mentioned. So we have a work, work uh, space. We have a sports space. We have a time with uh, men's space. We have a sex space. We have a nothing space. We just we tune out and do nothing. And then I think women's space is all interconnected. So they can think about uh, uh, marriage. They can think about parenting. They can think about cooking. They can think about work. And uh, it all seems to flow together. So I think it's just a different uh, mindset that men and women have. So it applies to parenting. It applies to just life in general. And also communication. So when you talk to a woman, you got to just realize that. And when women talk to men, we've got to realize uh, those differences, right? Can men, can men and women even grasp those concepts about each other, though? Because if you're in the space, don't you kind of assume... Like, I have a scar on my ankle from when I was a little girl. 
I assumed that everybody had a scar on their ankle because I had a scar on my ankle. So, yeah. I, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think we'll fully be able to uh, understand the differences. Uh, but I think we can obviously try to understand it by communicating better, by researching about it. By you know, I, I think it's just at the end of the day, dialogue. So if we can dialogue with the opposite gender, uh, even be open and honest and say, hey, I just don't think the same way you do. And uh, I think that would actually help uh, us uh, divide, uh, uh, separate the divide that we have between uh, male and female, between mom and dad, between man and woman. You know what happens when I try to pull that one? <laughs> My husband says, that's not going to fly with me. I don't care. You're still, I, it's, he believes that it's his job to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I believe that it's my job to smile and nod and get revenge while he sleeps. <laughs> it's, I, think, I think you're right about the waffles and spaghetti. I think the problem that women today are facing is, you know how like when some people make spaghetti, they put oil in it and it's all kind of like separated and it all like flows over and through each other and it works and it's really good spaghetti. And then when other people make spaghetti, like they, they don't rinse it and it all like sticks together in like a big clump. And then when you try to pull it apart, it like tears and turns into mush. I think too many of us aren't putting oil in our spaghetti. Like we've, we've stopped doing that as women. So all of our stuff is kind of clumped together and has gotten really messy and, and sticky and yucky. And men have maintained this amazing compartmentalization that you talk about. And we're, I think women, it's not so much that we want equality. We just want the ability to do that. We want our spaghetti to stop sticking together and we want to be able to compartmentalize things and we don't have permission from the female community to do it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Tara. I think a lot of women are becoming more compartmentalized and maybe uh, men are becoming a little bit more spaghetti-like. So I think we're starting to see that uh, bridge uh, being formed. But I think the lesson here is maybe uh, um, uh, women need to add more oil to their spaghetti. <laughs> I call that wine. <laughs> Big Eureka moment on Parent Nation today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you have, besides your book and your blog, you also have a media group, right? What's that about? Yeah, so I mean, uh, Daddy Blogger, it's really hard to pay the bills as a full-time blogger. So I tried, actually. I was trying to make full-time income just through the blog alone. And uh, it didn't actually happen. I made a you know part-time income through the blog, through sponsors, advertisers, etc. Then I went to the book in terms of trying to make money on the book. And also that failed in terms of trying to make full-time income as a book, as an author. So then I went into uh, more marketing and media and PR. And uh, actually, that finally worked for me. So I... I do a lot of marketing and I work with companies. I do some things like uh, integrated campaigns where I bring in like 20 bloggers to a local theme park or amusement park or attraction. And we'll actually write about um, that uh, company, that business, and the company will pay me a certain percentage. So uh, I've been doing that quite a bit here in the local Vancouver community in terms of doing integrated blogger campaigns where we bring in multiple bloggers to companies write about them. And uh, um, we're a full-service media company, media marketing, so we can do, like, you know, branding, logo design, uh, social media marketing, email marketing, video marketing, etc. So I do that, and I also run a lot of events here locally in Vancouver. So I run uh, events for dads called Why We Are Dads, uh, for bloggers called Why We Are Bloggers. 
and for uh, foodies called YVR Foodies. And YVR, by the way, is just uh, the code or nickname for uh, Vancouver. And I thought you were just funny. It, it was just a funny way of saying why we are. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It could be a good play on words. Why we are who we are. So. <laughs> like daddies are us. Why we are. I like it. That's awesome. You have a dad's group, too, that you started, right? Yeah, that's correct, uh, Tara. So I run uh, something called YVR Dads with my, uh, with, uh, my co-founder there is a guy named Di Emanuel, and he was actually one of the dads I interviewed for the book as well. And while we were talking, we were just saying, hey, you know, it's really good to connect on a dad to dad level. A lot of us, we don't do that. We'll be talking about the Vancouver Canucks or over where you are, the Toronto Maple Leafs or sports or weather or um, just, you know, Things that are not about parenting and father. Usually, dads don't do that. Moms obviously mm-hmm. are really nice with talking about, you know, um, everything, but especially about the, you know, the kids and all. But us dads, mm-hmm. we don't usually pull out the pictures and say, "Hey, here's my kid," and "Here's my kid." Um, unfortunately, we don't do that as much. Uh, we're starting to do it with, with things like, you know, Facebook and Twitter. I mean, a lot of dads will be sharing as well. But uh, traditionally, when I meet a dad, we usually talk about business or maybe politics or sports or uh, other things. Um, but with the dads group we created, we wanted to create an intentional um, space where dads can come together and just talk about fatherhood. And we have guest speakers on the topic of fatherhood. And I mean, they're just local dads who have a certain passion in the area. So um, that's awesome one for like leadership and really teaching our kids about leadership. And one kid, uh, one uh, dad had a passion for like actually uh, this Thursday we have a meeting. It's about how to be a stress-free dad. And, uh, I mean, a lot of us dads are really stressed with uh, multiple um, demands. I mean, the demands of work, the demands of marriage, the demands of uh, parenting. And if we have all these multiple demands, it's usually hard to find that work-life balance. Um, so that's the topic, for example, for this Thursday. But we've had, uh, we've had about 15 meetings. We do it once a month. And it's been a really good way to build community amongst uh, dads locally. We have about 120 dads in our network. Um, you know, on a typical month, there's only about 10 or 15 dads. We're trying to grow the group and, uh, um, you know, build it up and hopefully do it like a dad's conference as well. I mean, in the U.S., they have something called the Dad uh, 2.0 Summit. And that mm-hmm. one brings in two to 300 dads. I think uh, Adam, uh, our friend over there, went to the Dad Summit. And it's coming to San Francisco um, in 2015, so I'll probably go to that Dad Summit. So it's basically two to 300 dads from around uh, North America coming and, um yeah, discussing fatherhood and dad blogging, et cetera. So I'd love to do that in Canada. That would be awesome. I think a lot more dads that are listening to Parent Nation should uh, check out that kind of stuff. You know, the funny thing is when you were talking about how to be a stress-free dad and you were talking about all those things that go into being a dad, I'm like, you just described a, a mom. <laughs> but the thing is I, with mom, dads have outlets. I mean, even though you guys have a whole bunch of different demands, you guys have outlets like mother support groups or mother-child play date groups or just the, uh, a woman friends. I mean... I think that's, mm-hmm. a, again, sorry we're stereotyping a little, but I think that's a traditional um, women thing to do, communicate and share your problems and dialogue. It used to be. It used to be. We've killed that in the last five years. We've killed that. So, like, what used to be, you know, moms, moms, supporting moms group, that kind of thing, like mops groups, Tupperware parties, whatever you want to do. We used to do stuff like that. Um, we don't do that anymore. Now we just talk about each other. <laughs> that's unfortunate too but I think still there's all these mom play, uh, mom play groups I see them at churches at community centers at libraries 
And sometimes I bunch them. I mean, I went there with my kids sometimes, and it would be really awkward because there would be about 20 to 30 moms and maybe like a nursing, and I'll be there with my kid and I'm looking a little bit awkward. So uh, <laughs> I, I hard to hang out with the mom groups. I mean, they're super friendly and they're really welcoming when I when we do show up as men. But I think it's more from us, uh, us from a man's perspective, it's a little bit awkward when women are nursing in front of us, right? So that's why if we hang out with other dads, a little bit more natural and we can just be guys. <laughs> Not that you don't have the the free the nipples problem at the dad's groups, I'm imagining. So, oh, my gosh. Well, here's the thing, Ricky. I really want dads to be able to get in touch with you. So where can they find you? Yeah, it's pretty easy to find me. I got a good URL, like you mentioned at the beginning. It's daddyblogger.com, and it's it's a way to find me. It's a way to find uh, read my blog, and it's also a way to connect with me on social media. There's all my links to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Instagram, Foursquare, etc. So, yeah, I'd love to connect with you. And uh, if you're a dad uh, listening, I also uh, accept uh, guest blog posts. So if you have any insights into fatherhood, if you have any reflections, uh, and if you're a mom listening, share it with the dads in your life. So, daddyblogger.com. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Ricky. This was fun. I, I love having dads on the show and just, like, getting to know the, how the dad mind works because we don't do it enough. We we take a lot of time to cut each other down, but I like to celebrate what dads are doing right, and you really did that with your book and your blog and everything else. So thank you, everybody, for joining, and we will talk to you next week. Seriously, Parent Nation, not every decision in parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it the